0: Show that never ends we're so glad you could come inside, come inside what's up folks welcome back to the Shannon Smith shooting podcast we're now on episode 11 apologize for my delay I know it's been a little bit longer than I had planned or promised on getting the podcast out but it's been kind of a busy month as a lot of you guys know we had a, a baby recently actually the wife had a baby my uh my work was done nine months ago and as she will attest, I, I not only shoot fast, but uh, we're super excited. Baby's doing great, super healthy. Mom's healthy. Uh, everything's been as perfect as it can be. I think the last podcast I did was uh, November 11, and the baby was born on November 13. So it's that pretty much covers the the last month of what uh, of what we've been doing. Uh, luckily for me, work is it's kind of a slow time uh, for the year at work. Winter rolling around, we've got a. Short pause in our off-season here in Florida, but uh, timing worked out great. I was fortunate to be able to take some time off and and spend some time at home, but looking forward to getting back at it and getting geared up for the shooting season, which if you live in Florida or in the south, it's coming at us here pretty quick. Uh, I haven't shot much in the last month other than uh, some classes here and there. I've picked up and always shoot a little bit during the classes, uh, regardless of what kind of gun it's with, usually with uh, the good old G-Lock. Um, both the open guns are getting revamped for the, for the new season. I've, I've run the RTS-2, which most of you are probably aware of and are familiar with. And the uh, reports on that over the last, I don't know, three, four, five years, however long it's been out, have not been uh, fantastic. They've a lot of problems with connectivity, I guess, batteries cutting out and dots cutting out in the middle of a match. And I've seen it happen to uh, to the top shooters in the game. So I was a little nervous about going to that, but when I switched to to 9 Major from from 38, we decided, Derek and I, to, to go with the the Seymour, the smaller site, clears the ejection port, helps with ejection, et cetera. So I thought, and they were on version 10.0 or, or whatever hell the number they're at, uh, supposedly had fixed the problems. I ran the sights on two guns, and they weren't built at the same time, so the, the, the sites weren't purchased at the same time. The guns were probably eight months to a, to a year difference in age, uh, I reckon. And I've had zero issues. Uh, they've run 100%, no problems at all. So I figured you know, they must have fixed the issues. Well, the Open Nationals was here a few months ago and the night before the match, I went out to double check my zero for the 100th time and second shot into my testing, the dot went out. I'm like, what the hell? Turned it back on. I mean, it comes right back on when you turn it on, although that doesn't really help you cause. I fired two shots, dot went out again. Turned it back on, fired two shots, dot went out again. So luckily the you know the backup gun or my, my other gun was ready to rock. Shot that for the match and, and had no problems. But that would have been stage one of my national championship uh, with the dot going out, which is obviously unacceptable. Fast forward a month or so or a month and a half, um, we were working on the, the monster match. I was... Uh, testing out one of the stages shooting with the open gun and dot went out on that gun. So within the span of two months both dots went out on both guns and uh, Like I said that they were not Close in age of, of when those sites were purchased. I don't know what version they were uh, It's not written on there to my knowledge, but supposedly they were different versions nonetheless They both went out So they're they're back at Seymour and I told Derek that you know, I need an answer from Seymour not that I'm some special guy, but you know, I'm out there Competing for the world shoot team and and possibly contending for a world championship, certainly contending for national championships and uh, a dot going out is is flat out not acceptable period paragraph. So I need to know this is why it happened and this is why it's not going to happen again. Not hey here's two new sites, Dominus Holman is good luck. So we'll see how that goes. Or I'm expecting to get him back here anytime soon as I got to get training for the for the uh, state match coming up here before too long. So on that note, you know off season's a good time to check your gear, prep your gear. I was just looking today on Doug Koenig's uh, Facebook or Instagram or something. He's out testing barrels for you know the beginning of his season, obviously uh, a million time Bianchi world champion and the most accurate shooter in the world, probably, and he's got a a fixture. I don't even know if it's if it's something you can purchase or if it's something he built, but it's a fixture that just holds the barrel there's There's no gun involved it just holds the barrel rock steady. And put the bullet in the back, and he's got a little spring-loaded firing pin thing that that fires around, and, he, you know, he's just flat-out testing the barrel itself. Nothing else involved. Well, ammunition, I guess, but, you know, nothing else involved to make sure the accuracy of the barrels are standard for, for his expectations. And, you know, just another example of what champions are out there doing when nobody's looking um, to make sure that their gear is ready to go. Of course, I guess with Instagram and Facebook these days, everybody's always looking. But, if, you know, if you're going to test – a new division, maybe you want to play around in, or you've been thinking about making the change on your gun that normally I wouldn't recommend doing in the middle of a season. Whether you're going to make a trigger modification, change your sights, different holster, different gear, whatever, you know, now now is the time to do it. You, can, if you're going to change holsters, mag pouches, something like that. Number one, I would recommend Black Scorpion gear, the fastest gear on the planet. But it's a good time to to spend time dry firing and getting accustomed to the new gear and making sure it works and it's not falling apart and not moving on you and and that type of stuff. So you, you know, make sure you use the off season. Yeah. You might not be shooting, especially live in some of our colder climates, but you can still spend time at home, making sure your gear is ready to rock. If you're an ammo loader, this is the time to to pump it out. Um, Don't be like me. And back in my loading days, getting up at six o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning before a local match and cranking out, two, three, four in a round, so you, so you got ammo to, to go shoot the match with. It's not not optimal for performance, although I am a procrastinator, so it always worked out. <clears throat> I did shoot the, the Factory Gun Classic, which is at the Wyoming Antelope Club in Clearwater a couple weeks ago. They always put on a great match there. I missed it last year. I think I was in Jamaica, and I might have missed it the year before, but I've shot the match a lot. They do a fantastic job. The range is awesome uh mass director and all the staff, they always put on a really good show there. I actually shot in Carry Optics Division, which was a new division they had this year. Uh, I would preface this by saying I'm not a huge fan of Carry Optics. I don't really like the dot on a production gun, I don't think. But I did shoot the Nationals and had fun, and certainly had fun uh, shooting this match. I, I use it as I don't shoot a lot of production. Uh, I, am, I am becoming a big fan of PCC, so I'm enjoying shooting that a little bit. But the the big thing I've come to realize, and it's kind of like a dumb moment, is you know scoring minor sucks, so you really have to really have to aim and, and pay attention to what you're doing when, when you're shooting a minor scored division. and you know what I think a lot of people don't realize is it's the big targets that matter. you know those, those big full-size eight uh, to 15 yard targets that normally you wouldn't give a second thought, those are the ones that that I try to aim harder on in production, making sure you pick up those A's. Don't give up the silly charlies and certainly not a delta on the easy targets you know the difficult movers swingers sliders parcels at distance that type of stuff you can pretty much be sure you're gonna you're gonna catch a couple of charlies there if not a delta and you know it's almost that's where you want to push the speed you know if you figure hey i could aim at this target and not get an alpha then you know that's where you want to pick up the speed a little bit um, knowing that you're kind of going to get charlies anyway and get them on those and then the bigger targets, take your time and aim. So I, I kind of used the, the match as an opportunity to work on that, work on aiming at the middle, picking the spot, all the stuff that we talk about in classes, uh, even on the full-size closer targets that I probably wouldn't do as much shooting a shooting a major division, uh, major scoring division like you know open or, or limited that I, that I normally shoot. But it's a great opportunity to to practice aiming. It was a fun match to shoot. Uh, I was fortunate to win the massive division of I think eight competitors, <laughs> but. Hey, a win's a win. You don't have to tell everybody how many people are in the division. Uh, moving on to our main topic for the day, more back on our self-defense stuff, kind of picking up where I left off last month with uh, the new baby in the house. It kind of got me to thinking, you know, as, as you've known and, and I've talked about on here before, I'm a big fan of, of self-defense and taking personal responsibility for your protection. And I carry a gun, uh, I wouldn't say 24-7. I don't sleep with it, but if I'm outside the house, you can you can rest assured I'm carrying a gun, uh, assuming it's legally allowed. And I would even go a step further as, you know, past the legally allowed as, as long as I'm not going to get caught. And you don't want to, you know, I'm not going to chance myself in in uh, major penalty areas, federal buildings or that type of thing. But uh, the little signs that say we don't allow you to carry in our store, you know, I could give a shit about those. I, I do what I want. Uh, this, this information come up here, I normally would never share with folks. Uh, it's not something that I put out there or want people to know. But... Being that it's all about the change, uh, I don't mind sharing so much. So yeah, I carry a gun uh, all the time. But in, in addition to that, uh, I don't own only one gun. That probably comes as a shocker to you, but I, I have guns stashed everywhere, and I've I've carried a gun in the truck for I don't know how many years now. At least four vehicles back. So it's you know it's been fifteen fifteen plus years. And I, when I first started doing it, I um, I think I had it stuffed in the side of the door or something. Well, then i came up with this undermount uh, holster system for underneath the dashboard and it's worked on the last uh the last two vehicles i've owned which that goes back a long way this truck i have now i've had for 10 years so that goes back a ways and i say system like i invented something i, I just took a, a serpa holster for a j-frame and toggle bolted it through the plastic dashboard underneath the truck or underneath the dash and it works perfect uh, the Guns right there by your by your strong uh, by your strong hand. Uh, super quick to draw. It's very discreet. You know, unless you're looking for it, you're not going to see it. I, all the people I have in my truck and hardly anybody ever notices. And if you're sitting in the back seat, it's it's pretty obvious. But if you're sitting in the front seat, you're never going to notice. If a cop comes up to your driver's side, they're they're never going to see it. Again, if they come up to the passenger side and they're they're super astute, they they might catch on to it. But I've I've yet to have that happen in the, in the couple of times I've been stopped over the years. And when I first started doing that, I was, you know, nervous. You don't want to leave a, a gun in your vehicle that's going to get possibly stolen. So I would take the gun out when I was leaving for the night, and and that just got to be a hassle. Now you're you're handling the gun more often than needed, and so right or wrong, my decision, I finally decided to screw it. I'm just going to leave it there. If it gets stolen, gets stolen, you know, hopefully they'll kill a gangbanger with it and, and not a good guy. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jeopardize my safety because somebody might steal from me. So I decided to hell with it. Just leave it. It's a cheap gun, and I can replace it. And that's been however many years from now. never actually even had my car broken into once, and they took change in uh, a couple of CDs back when CDs were cool and either never saw or never messed with a gun. So, you know, it just got to where it didn't bother me. So that's where it stays. Um, I've got a backpack I carry to work. Uh, it's a computer computer bag. I think it's 511. I forget the brand. I've had it for, for a number of years, but it's got one of those uh, super sneaky hidden compartments in it. I carry a Glock 19 in there, so it's it's ready to rock. And I've almost always got that on me, especially to and from work. Uh, obviously, around the house, there's plenty of guns. Uh, Glock in the nightstand, shotgun under the bed, a couple of guns stashed throughout the house, you know, where I normally hang out, living room, man room, et cetera. So there's, you know, I don't, I don't carry a gun walking around the house with me. I'm, I'm not quite that guy yet. But I'm never more than a step or two from a firearm. And they're all... I wouldn't call them throwaway guns but you know they're hidden if you somebody broke in and found one, oh, well it's not going to break my bank to to buy another Glock I've got plenty of them Well now that I have the baby coming or not coming now that I have the baby here that's all kind of come to a head and you know what am I going what am I going to do when she's big enough to start walking around and start grabbing things uh, I can't I can't leave them around irresponsibly like that number one it's against Florida law but number two I wouldn't do it anyway you know you're not going to uh, you're not going to expect the child, especially before they even know what it is, uh, to handle it safely, and and don't for a minute think that they can't actuate the trigger on a on a Glock or or a similar type firearm. So I've been looking around at different options, and I'm curious out there if anybody's got any good ideas or any products that, <clears throat> that they've used. If you could share it on either my webpage or on my uh, on the Facebook, obviously they I forget the, the Gun Vault I think is the manufacturer. They have the molded hand print thingy where you, you put your hand on there and there's a a finger combo one two one two or whatever you make up the door pops open and, and the guns ready to go That's probably going to be the the easiest option and that would certainly work for a for a bedside or or maybe even for one hidden throughout the house although they're not quite as easy to hide as as say just sticking in a drawer or something I've also seen a new thing floating around Facebook called Zor X and in any other circumstance, I would say it's kind of dumb, but uh, in my circumstance, it's actually kind of intriguing. It's um, for like you can look it up, but for lack of a better term, it's a device that goes in the chamber of a um, of a loaded firearm. It's a full magazine in place, but nothing in the chamber. And this device is in the chamber, and it's got a dial on the outside, large dial on the outside, and there's a combination device to that. So, click twice forward, three times backward, whatever you set. That unlocks a device, allowing you to charge the slide and rack the slide. That kicks out the device and loads the next round. So I've never seen one in person. I don't even know that they're for sale in the U.S. yet. I've just, just seen it on the Internet. But it looks kind of cool. And in that regard, you could have the gun laying around in a drawer. It'd be much easier to hide and conceal. And you wouldn't have to, to worry about the uh, large box or, or safe type thing. And additionally, it's, I guess, also hooked to your home's Wi-Fi, they say. So you get a text alert if it's ever moved. Which that's kind of cool. I mean, I don't care about theft. I mean, if you're not there and it's moved, it's going to be gone by the time you by the time you get around. But again, you got teenagers in your house, and even if your child is of impeccable behavior, you never know if they got a friend over and you know a peer pressure works and something happens and they go touch it and bam, at least you get a text alert. You kind of know what's going on. I know there's biometric systems out there. That uh, makes me a little nervous. I mean, sometimes my iPhone doesn't come on when I when I touch it with my thumbprint, so. I'm Little concern not being able to get a to get it to a firearm if that uh, if that were if that were needed in a hurry. So I'm you know I'm interested open to your opinions if if you've got children you've used something out there, let me know what's what's worked for you because I'm obviously even more important now is protecting the family that our family's grown. Uh, obviously protecting myself and out and about I'm still going to carry uh, that's not a problem but uh, the other hideout type guns are the ones I'm going to have to come up with a plan with here before too long. I you know I always tell the story in my concealed carry glasses that, you know, when I was a child growing up in West Virginia, we had guns everywhere. They were they were all around the house, and I don't even remember, I don't even honestly remember my first exposure to a firearm. Uh, I remember the first time shooting, but I don't remember the first time, like, acknowledging or understanding that there were firearms there. I know they weren't locked. Dad had them, again, stashed in certain places around the house that I probably never knew about, and I was never really a snooper anyway, so I didn't go hunting around for stuff, but you know I we I wasn't allowed to touch the firearm without him there I mean, you know once I was old enough that that we had shot together and I knew what guns were or I even knew where they were at that point um even at the point where I had my own I mean my first 22 rifle was hanging on a rifle rack in my bedroom uh, just hanging there and I wasn't allowed to touch the firearm without dad and it honestly never in one million years even approached my mind to do so so I don't know if he was a great father or if I was a good kid probably the former but um you know, I don't know that I don't know that I would trust myself or trust my child to to that. Um, you know that that level of responsibility these days. Again, especially number one is Florida law, and if something were to happen, you're going up the river, and number two, you know, your child might be perfect, but they might have friends over, and you never know what's going to happen in in that story, so or in that scenario. So I definitely need to come up with something there. I had mentioned last month or last podcast, I think, about uh, the. The guy that was concealed carrying going into one of Disney's parks, I think it was Animal Kingdom. I forget the story now. Uh, he got arrested, and it turns out he wasn't a concealed carry holder, so that was the whole problem. But when the fir- story first broke, I was wondering what had happened because I didn't think it was illegal uh, to to concealed carry in the parks. I know you're not allowed to, and if they catch you, they ask you to leave that type of thing. But I didn't think it was illegal. and it, turns out it's not. But upon further research, it's their you know their personal property. If they choose to you not know, leave in with firearms, then fine. Well, that goes back to the sign that I don't really give a shit what the sign says. You know, I do what I want. But then they started implementing metal detectors in some of these places, and you're not going to get past that. So, uh, my wife and I went somewhere. I'm going to withhold where, but we went uh, to an event this week, and we had been to this place before, and we had the, we had the new baby with us, and we had been to this place before, and there was no uh, no real security measures. It's been a while since we've been there, and now things have changed. So as we're walking up, there's a huge, huge sign from the parking lot to the to the um, to the building. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it said. It was like a full paragraph about we reserve the right, no weapons allowed, uh, including knives, including pepper spray. Uh, I even said, I remember we determine what a weapon is, and you know if we say you can't bring it in, you can't come in. There will be a bag check, et cetera. So. I looked at her, and she kind of looked at me like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. So we get up to the door, and sure enough, there's a guy there uh, with a table, bag check. He's got his little stick thing that they use, like at Disney and those places, to worthlessly search through your bag. So we have the baby with us, stroller. I mean, it's got diaper bags and and purses and God knows what all. You know, It's a new baby, so we're still learning. We're pretty much loaded for bear when we go out with the, with the kid for the first few times. We can handle anything. And she was carrying her... Um, I don't remember if she was, had her. Maybe she had the diaper bag slung on her back. So she put the put the bag down. The guy starts going through it, and it was fairly thorough. I mean, he looked in each each little zippered pouch and had his little stick, little uh, chopstick-looking thing that he swirled around with and looked. And I made some small talk or some joke about how old the child is or anything to kind of distract him from looking at me. And there was a wand sitting there. There was a metal detecting wand sitting on the table, and. You know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do if he picked it up. I probably just would have said, look, man, I'm not going to pass that, so I'll be back in five minutes or something, and I would have had to disarm. But he was cool, and, you know, never said anything. We walked on through. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but, you know, kind of got to thinking, so, you know, what is this really doing? You're, you're, you're disarming the honest, honest, you know, concealed carry holders that want to come in the establishment. However, if somebody wants to try to get through uh, with a firearm or a device, It certainly is not hard to get through. So now you're in there, and this guy wasn't armed. He's an unarmed security guard. Uh, There was a law enforcement officer inside once we got in, um, an armed on-duty officer, I assume, paid for by the establishment. But, again, he's just sitting there chilling. He's not doing any security checks or anything. And we went through. Had a great time. It was was a non-issue. It was no big deal. But, you know, it just kind of got me thinking that, number one, with a child, we're probably going to have to go to more and more of these places that I'd rather not go to. Uh, but number two you know how am I going to do it so now I'm kind of thinking of baby carriers and strollers these days are pretty damn massive I don't know if you've seen one or not but they're huge and so now I'm thinking I'm going to look for some way of uh, building a hidden compartment or something in there because they're surely they can't search those that thoroughly I mean even if they want them their things are full of metal so they're going to be going off everywhere so I'm thinking about working on developing a hideout concealment area on the baby carriage and at least I'll get through the gate with it and after that, I can arm up and carry on. So a couple of thoughts, uh, more things to consider on your concealed carry stuff. And, again, if you got any great ideas on the hideout-type devices that keep them safe yet available, uh, let me know. I need to start that purchase process here within the year, I reckon. Uh, I mentioned before about our, our DPL match out here at USA, Defensive Pistol League. If you're local to Florida and uh, you are a concealed carry holder and you haven't tried out one of these matches, I highly recommend coming and giving it a go. I know I've talked about it before, but it's a, you know, basic action pistol match. It is a competition, but it's geared towards the concealed carry holder. And even further, I gear it towards what I consider air quotes going on here, real carry guns. So if you carry your, you know, Glock 17 and outside the waistband holster with your fishing vest on, you're certainly welcome to come play. It's set up for that too. You can even carry open I mean, You can wear your your uh, regular old full-size competition gun and your race holster and come out and play, that's fine. I mean, it's a place to come and shoot whatever you want to shoot. But the the target distances, the target numbers, um, that type of thing are geared toward the smaller guns. For example, I carry the Glock 42. I've got seven in the gun. I carry one spare magazine with six rounds. So I've got a total of 13 rounds to to attack, to attack the courses with. So they're all lower round counts, you know, six, eight, maybe 12 the whole match is less than 50 rounds, and it's a great opportunity to number one get involved in competition if you haven't before, and number two to try out your real gear. Uh, you know, I carry the Blade Tech inside the waistband. Sometimes I carry appendix. Sometimes I carry four o'clock. You can um, you can carry out an ankle holster if you want. You can you can draw from your purse. You can draw from your baby carriage. I mean, we we all allow you. Uh, you know, with my approval, if you're a new shooter and you want to draw out of your thunderwear or something then we're gonna to have to have a conversation about it first but uh, once you demonstrate yourself safe you know we let you do anything you want out here uh, including starting from the low ready so if you're not comfortable drawing or you, or you don't want to draw or you just want to practice with your nightstand gun that you never get to use you can come out here we'll start you from the low ready you don't have to worry about drawing at all uh, just shot last last month or yeah last month I had a good match in two instances. One, one of my draws, the holster came out, came off of my pants with the gun in it. So that hadn't happened before. So That was a good opportunity to, to learn. And I had a light strike. I, I don't shoot my carry ammo. I just shoot some some lesser expensive ammo. Um, so it's never happened with my carry ammo, although I haven't shot nearly as much carry ammo as I have the, the range type stuff. But again, good opportunity to work a malfunction drill in the middle of stage. Another guy that I shoot with regularly big self-defense practitioner I know he carries all the time he had a slide stop break and again he's like I know that never happened before well shit happened so again good opportunity worked through so that basically that ended up in the gun locking back every every other round or every round and he worked through it and and uh, you know got the stage done so just again great opportunity to work through things that you air quotes again think were never going to happen But trust me, if they're going to happen, it's going to happen at a bad time and much better to have practiced something similar beforehand. And, yeah, it's not real world. Yes, you're not getting shot at, no shit. But, you know, it is a competition. There is some semblance of stress going on. You are under the timer. There are people watching. So you will feel a little bit of that juice we've talked about before. And any time you can get yourself, you know, in any type of a higher-stress environment and have to perform, I think it's going to be better off for your training in the long run. Uh, That kind of covers my topics for the day. I wanted to mention... And I'm really late in pimping this, but there's a thing called the Shooter's Summit. A buddy of mine, Arik Levy, out of South Florida, a good friend of mine. He's a competition shooter. He's a law enforcement officer, all-around all around good dude. He spent over a year putting this together. And what he's done, he's gone out and interviewed over 20, I think 23 or, or 4, of, fire, of the firearms instructors around the country. And they run the gamut from you know full competition spectrum to full tactical spectrum to some people in the middle like myself. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know Kyle Lamb is one of them on there. Uh, Taryn Butler was one of them. I think he's got Manny Bragg. Um, I think he's got Bruce Gray, Young Lee. I mean, there's a, a lot of good, insightful instructors from around the country. And he did an interview with them. Interviews are right about an hour, you know, anywhere from, from 50 to, to 70, 75 minutes or so. And it's, it's video, um, high-quality video interview. But you could also download the MP three if you want to listen to it in the car or something like that. It's um, and just get the audio. There's not video instruction going on, so you don't need the video. It's just you can see my pretty face for an hour if you like. Uh, over the course of a year, I think I did my interview. I don't know, four or five months ago, and he's just really weak. So I should have told you about this long ago, and I suck, so I didn't. But I'm telling you now. Uh, I think I was on uh, Wednesday, uh, or maybe maybe yesterday. Maybe I was on at some point this week. And the way it works is, he's got uh, all these all these instructors are available this week. Uh, I think for like two days at a time. So you've you've missed the guys in the beginning. You can catch the guys today if you want, but that's but that's not important. There's also an opportunity to purchase an all-access pass for a very nominal rate. I think it's $19 if you do it this week, and maybe $25 if you do it next week or, or at any time after. So you're getting over 20 hours. Well, over 20 hours of content of some of the best instructors in the world uh, for 20 bucks, 25 bucks. So it's super well worth it. Uh, He's got X number of instructors per day this week. And I think each person's available for like 48 hours or something. And that's free. So if you catch people today or tomorrow, there's no charge. You can try one out and see how how you like it and make make a decision if you want to buy or not. And then uh, if you like to purchase, you can purchase. It's a great gift for a friend. If you got another another shooter in your life, you're looking for a unique Christmas present. It'd be a cool gift. You can find out more at ShootersSummit.com, and I'll put that link in our in our show notes on my website. But uh, definitely check it out. And uh, he's got a Facebook page going, so there's tons of information that uh, that you can gather. And let him, you know, give him some feedback. Let him know how it went. I think he's going to make this an annual event. So if you want to see some different instructors next year, or you want to see more of this or less of that, or whatever, give him some guidance. Um, I was certainly happy to be a part of it. Uh, enjoyed working with him. And uh, I haven't seen any of the interviews yet either, but I'll certainly certainly be catching up on them. Uh, I've got the pass, so I'll be able to to watch them at my leisure and probably listen to them in the car. I I drive a lot these days, so it's nice to to have something to pass the time instead of the crappy old radio. Uh, I've got some great ideas on tap for, uh, for coming coming podcasts. Uh, obviously, I'm a little month late here getting getting around to it. Uh, so I've had some good questions come in that have, that have piled up that I'm not going to get to at this episode. But I'm going to be quicker getting podcasts out here in the future, I promise. And my goal for next year is to be much more regular in, in getting them out. I really appreciate you guys listening. I uh, hope you're having a good off season. Everybody's ready for the holidays. And I will be in touch soon. See you on the range.